Tim, season two, episode 25, stats that matter. We're going to look back at week three of the Cinefla season. Spoiler alert. I got four picks right again. Mm. We're going to make some predictions for week four. Maybe some not so bold ones this time, because I think I might be <laughs> losing this Jersey sweepstakes to you. In our cups this week, it's a fest beer from Waterford, Virginia. An IPA from, wait, huh? uh, North Haven, Connecticut. Follow us on Instagram at Stats That Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast. Find Stats That Matter wherever you get your podcast. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Ask Alexa about it. That's a great function, yeah. by the way, if you haven't tried it. It is. It is fantastic. Cool. I, did, I did it the other day. It's sort of like when you have the... Uh, when you first got like the Xbox One and you're, you could tell it to turn on and turn off, that's what my wife would do. Mm. I, like I'd be playing a game and she'd just say Xbox, turn off. So now when she's like listening to like a, a Justin Bieber song or a Taylor Swift song on the on Alexa, I just walk in and go Alexa, play stats on that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's get into the show. Tim, lead us off here with this beer that you're drinking this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I know we give a lot of a guff and grief and, and whatnot to, to North Haven, but there's North Haven and New Haven. New Haven is where most of them come from, North Haven. Uh, this this one is not contract brewed. This one is actually Damn it. by them. Um, but yeah, this one is uh, one I've been, I, I talked about this one before, Skygazer. I wanted to try one of their IPAs for a while now, and I haven't had the opportunity I had. Uh, a collaboration once, and I believe I had a sour, uh, and then like another kind of interesting beer from them. But this is their first legitimate uh, IPA from them. Uh, and what's funny is I, I picked up two beers at the same time. I got this one, and I got uh, another one from other half in New York. And the one from New York, it's called uh, Always Idaho or something like that. It's an Idaho 7 beer. I didn't know that when I bought it. Like, oh yeah, it's a new it's a new can. I don't recognize it, I'll try it. Without realizing that this one, it's uh, you know, the Traveler series, their chapter two. Uh it's called Neophysics. Uh and it's also made with uh, Idaho seven and Simcoe. So it almost would have been neat to do a blind taste testing between the two of them to see which one was better. Idaho is one of those I'm not the biggest fan of. I think it's a little bit more muted, sort of more mild taste. Uh, in my opinion, a little bit more like lemon grassy than what I would like a little bit. Hey, if you will. But uh, I figure, you know what? We're gonna give this one a go, and I'm going straight from the can from this bad boy. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, smells pretty much like every other Idaho Seven I've had. Uh, that like <laughs> grassy smell. Uh, yeah, I mean it. It kind of, I, I pretty much described it before I even put it in my face hole. It, uh, it's got this, um, sort of a little bit of a muted, sort of mild citrus flavor to it, at least up front. Kind of comes through with a little, uh, like bitter grassy flavor towards the middle, and then ends with like a nice, like a nice bitter flavor. But for me, you know, I'm so. I'm getting over big IPAs now. I've had so many of them in the last few years that I'm kind of starting to lean away from it. And this kind of hits that sweet spot for me, which 
funny because up to this point, it wasn't my favorite. I was looking for like the big, robust sort of palette smashers. And I don't get that from this. This is actually like a, it's still full flavored, but it's a little bit more mild in terms of that sort of overflow of, of hops sort of in your face. Um, and it's really nice. It's really nice. I don't know if that's the, for me, I think it's the, the, Idaho that gives it sort of that grassy sort of muted flavor and then the Simcoe kind of finishes with a little bit of that sort of bitter finish to it but this is really this is really really good um this is up there with one of the better beers I've had um uh, from the Havens uh and one of my favorite recent IPAs I still I still think Fox Farm kind of holds the uh the crown for IPAs for me in terms of uh, Connecticut beers but I'm gonna give this one a 4-3 Actually, I'm really impressed with this. This is, this is really, really good. Yeah, I was uh, a little hesitant going into it, um, but being, you know, being, I want to say mild because that's not a that's not a great description. It's not as it's it's more palatable or or easier to to consume. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's got a like a pleasant bitterness to it. That's kind of like an undertone, sort of in the back, but it's not over the top. Uh, in flavor so yeah i'm gonna give that one a four three what was funny is i totally messed that up and was gonna do a joke and say that this was my uh oh, jesus pumpkin head you can't see it but it's it's a pumpkin head shipyard hard seltzer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What a... i saw these suckers and decided uh i'd go full white girl one day um <laughs> oh man well you, you know ipas are just pumpkin spice lattes for white dudes right apparently that's that that's the line i don't think i i don't think i I agree with that whatsoever, but you know, I do. I a hundred percent agree with that because it is what it is now. And you know, people now look at IPA drinkers as the former, like Nickelodeon light drinkers at the party where it's just a bunch of bros. Uh, and that's the stigma that follows the IPA crowd. Now, now whiskey's whiskey's become the new IPA. So that's why, that's that's why you got to have some, some variants in what you drink, Tim. Right. That's what you got to do. Agree. Shout, speaking of pumpkin head, shout out to Cal Damon, listener of this podcast. That man sent me a photo on Instagram the other day of him at like Friendlies or RCP or something. He had four, four 12 packs of pumpkin head. Why? That's exactly what I texted him. Wait. I, I responded. I said, what a waste of money. But, you know, or something of that nature. I said, what in the world? He goes, love pumpkin head. So if you can't find pumpkin head in Maine, thank you, Kyle Damon. I, you are the reason. When I, li- when I lived on Grant Street, uh, we were fortunate enough to have a party in which we could get. Uh, couple kegs for and it was one of the first times we felt like you know big kids we had a bunch of people over yeah um one of those kegs was shipyard pumpkin head which you know when you first get it you're like oh this is great everybody tries it but you can really only have like one one or two of those in an evening you know unless you start having a couple extra drinks then maybe you could put it down that keg did not get finished that night and sat (laughs) out on our porch for so long and ultimately to get rid of it we had to turn it into drinking games where it just we had a rock band back in the day was it rock band or guitar hero guitar hero is the better well yeah yeah. it was like myself Waikiki, Court Barnett, Dale St. Pierre Uh, we would get out and we would gamble drinks against each other while we were playing these games and if you lost you had to like chug a pumpkin head just to get rid of it I had to swear off of it for, for a long long time but um, I, 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 autumn is officially here. Pumpkin That's spice, true. do your thing. 
uh, pumpkins, fall decor, do your thing. Uh, so I had to, I had to give it once just to poo poo on it, but why not? Oh no, he's doing it. Oh. <laughs> this is the twofer on what's in my cup. Oh, that is, I mean, it's refreshing. It tastes like. No, 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 no. Stop ah, the recording. Hold on, hold on. We're moving we're on. Going, <laughs> we're going for a twofer today with this review. Let's start seltzer reviews. Uh, no. Oh no, now I got to put it in the intro. Oh, uh, okay, no. No, no, I'm not moving on. Moving on. All right. Well, Tim, as you can see, I am wearing a an actual shirt with sleeves. Yes. Okay. Four point uh, nine, by the way. Jeez, <laughs> that's enough. No, <laughs> we we are actually we're actually in fall now. Uh, yeah. I know you you probably feel like it since the middle of June because you get that crazy weather up here. But uh, it did um, it did hit seventy this week in Virginia. So everyone is freezing, and um, seventy in Virginia is you know, like fifty in a lot of other places. I don't know why. So I'm, I am actually wearing a sweatshirt, All and right. I know what you're thinking. Because the weather is turning, I might have fucked around and then did it in Imperial Stout. Wrong. No, no. Wrong. I happened to get this Fest beer from Wheatland Spring. It's called Ursprung, which translates in German to origin. And Fest beers, I don't know if you know this, Tim, not, not, a, not a style that people don't, <laughs> don't ask questions about because they don't know what it is. They don't know the difference between a Marzen an Oktoberfest, and a Fest beer. But a Fest beer is related to an Oktoberfest, but it's a pale lager with a clear Pilsner malt and a biscuit bent. Now, I don't know what you're going for there when you're saying a biscuit bent. Oh, but uh, I love biscuits, so I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> that I didn't actually give that, uh, that definition of Fest beer out of my brain. I had to use the Google machine because yeah. I, too, <laughs> kind of thought like, oh, Fest beer, isn't that just like a... Another name for a Marzen or Oktoberfest, but you can see I actually have it up in the uh, up in the camera here. You can see it's got a nice little farm, uh, you know, theme going to it, and you have the, you know, there's definitely some Alps and German inspired <laughs> buildings in the background. I gotta say, Wheatland Spring is a very, very, very nice place to get a beer. Uh, it's it's a drive for sure, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a it's a nice little farm, uh, well water. It's great. So let's see. The back of this says, this beer serves as a bridge connecting small farms and craft maltsters near and far who share a dedication to the regional agriculture and artisanal skill that creates the foundation of land beer. What is land beer? I don't know. Sea beer sounds pretty good. Air beer sounds pretty good. But uh, yeah, someone go ahead and uh, if you listen to this, uh, educate us, please. This means because... I'm too lazy to Google it. I'll be honest with you. Um, while you're at it, if you want to tell me uh, what a table beer is, I would love to know. Oh, oh, that's that's easy. A table beer is a beer that um, has a low alcohol. It's something that you would just like keep on keep on the a table, lot of. So you, right? Yeah, yeah, like a dinner so, table. So you could you could give it to people to sort of warm them up. Um, it's like when you know people in Britain were like, "Oh, you want to go for a cup of tea?" Or in America, we'd be like, "Let's go for a cup of coffee." You know, people have you know table beer are like, "What's up?" You want to talk about your day? Here, crack open this bottle of table beer. It's three percent. You're not gonna get drunk. Yeah, but the flavoring always tends to be like uh, oh, on the muted. sour side or like on the like yeah. lower profile, right? Is that yeah. by design or is that because well, the of the lower ABV? Beers, the only table beers I've had are from Jester King, so Fair enough. I don't. I don't really think that uh, they would be low and muted. Uh, All right. First thing I noticed with this definitely does kind of smell like a pale lager. Uh, I'm thinking I might get some. Nice earthy twang out of it. Let's see. Mm. 
something you get in pale lagers, a little more of that rustic taste where it's like it kind of skirts the uh, saison tang just a little bit. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I'm not sure if I was at a festival. This is a little on the lemony grassy side for me. I don't think I would have too too many of these. But this, this is pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and give this a 3.7. Very solid beer. Um, I think as just given the trend that we're talking about. I mean, I have to see. I have to get down to the bottom of it. But if you ever had like a Carlsberg or like a Bitburger, um, like Pale Lager, it, like those are like yeah. really macro ones you get in Europe. But like I can't drink too many of those because it just it tastes like Heineken on alcoholic. It's just not good. Woo. We are a burping <laughs> machine today. All right. That's what's in our cups this week. Let's get into football, Tim. Thursday night football, Panthers, Texas. I said Panthers by 10 points, and I'm starting off the week with a pick dub. I don't know what was more shocking, that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman admitted in this game that both Houston and Deshaun Watson have mutually agreed to not have him on the field at all this year, and that was just said nonchalantly, or the fact that Sam Darnold kind of looked decent, which he shouldn't have because Christian McCaffrey's hamstring injury is threatening to derail the Panthers season before it even gets further down the road. Um, he did one of these little jump kicks, and then if you watch the replay, you can see his hamstring move in a way it's not supposed to. I love those types of shots. I hate those types of shots because it makes it very difficult to watch football after that when you're expecting to see an Achilles pop or a hamstring pop or something. If McCaffrey's injury is like long-term, and they, they project he's going to miss multiple weeks, this team is going to go 500. There's just so much talent in that division. Uh, and I'm not sure how the Panthers are 3-0 right now. Robbie Anderson hardly exists in this offense. J.C. Horn, their their first-round pick, broke his foot. Uh, the good news is Richard Sherman and the Panthers have already been on the line. They have some conversations, so maybe there'll be some defensive help on the way, but this game was the most watched Thursday night football game on the NFL Network in the last three years, and I can't tell you why. I watched it, and there was nothing special about this game. Panthers 24, Texans 9. Hmm. Or in German, what they say to Deshaun Watson, nine, 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 nine. You're not going to go to the field. I had to make an Oktoberfest joke, Tim. All right, move on. Yeah, but that was uh, talking about it. starting off the episode with an L. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I had uh, Colts Titans. Um, this one was a bit of a sort of messy game to watch. Uh, Tannehill. Not a terrible game for him. Had 197 yards. He turned the ball over twice. Uh, Titans, I mean, uh, sorry. I'm just going to call him the Titan because he's the only thing carrying that team. But Henry, again, over 100 yards. It's the sixth time in his division he's done that in the last six games. Just continuing to power on. I know there's some question marks. There's a tail end of last season. Or, you know, he was getting some... He was getting going a little late in some games. Uh, this is one of those he, you know, kind of came out firing. But uh, the bigger side of this story was Carson Wentz, who didn't know if he was going to start. Did start. He has like two injured ankles, and they just did not allow him to run. He took a very, uh, uh, like older quarterback Tom Brady approach, where he did not run at all. He just threw the ball away. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't have the same vision, and his receivers don't have the same skill set as the plethora of the uh, retiree uh, Tom Brady does because um, they just couldn't get it done. I mean, you're going to turn over the ball twice 
still can't capitalize and win there's a huge problem and unfortunately that problem in this case was uh with the uh, indianapolis offense uh i admire him from going out and trying to put himself in a situation where could get them a win unfortunately he did not uh do enough to get them a win they had to settle for a couple field goals uh within the red zone the titans defense i mean they, they've looked great all season uh, but there there were plenty of opportunities for the colts to take advantage and they just couldn't do that um you kind of wonder how much of that falls on Wentz, how much of that falls on injuries. Um, banged up this season. His offensive line has been uh, terrible at, at protecting him. Uh, so, I mean, start out 0-3. Not, not a good look. Not good, Bob. Yeah. Uh, you know, their defensive uh, players were talking about, you know, how it felt like a bad dream. It's the first time they've, they've gotten off to a start like this in quite a while so morale is definitely down in that uh, locker room and at some point i mean there's really no who, who you're going to turn to to bail you out because there's you know not much waiting in the wings either so hopefully this is just you know a little bump in the road comes back with his old man ankles uh, repaired <laughs> at some point i mean I, I i feel awful for that man he's just been so prone to injuries some of that is lack of protection on the teams he's playing uh, for not always his fault but you know i just want to see one season of him playing healthy letting him get back to maybe some old form but i'm 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 slowly beginning to think that that's not not gonna be the case i mean he took care of the ball well he didn't have any turnovers uh 19 of 37 so i mean he was okay 194 yards he did better than some other quarterbacks we're going to talk about who won some games so just not capitalizing on the opportunities when you had the chance is really what it comes down to. Man. Falcons, Giants, to the Falcons. It's because someone had to win this game. Sorry, Craig. Big Giants fan. This game was a bucket of miscues, injuries, and general head scratching on both sides in a New York bright, sunshiny day. I don't understand. There's many games this week where I watched and I'm just like, this is football. I'm happy that football is on. I don't understand what I'm seeing on the screen. This is one of those games. Matt Ryan tossed a couple TDs to folks not named Kyle Pitts. Thank you, because I was facing him in many leagues this week, and that was great to not see any catches or receptions whatsoever. Saquon scored his first touchdown for the first time in what feels like a billion games. The Giants actually held on to the game for almost the first half, but alas, it was not to be. This is the thing that mystifies me the most, Tim. The Giants, they have the edge total yards, time of possession, and first downs. But they couldn't figure out how to stop Atlanta. Atlanta can't figure out if Mike Davis or Cordero Patterson is their lead running back. There was a Calvin Ridley sighting on a slant pass. No touchdowns. Young Waku's 40-yard field goal wins the game for the Falcons. But it kind of felt like the Giants shot themselves in the foot a couple of times when they could have won this game. Uh, so Falcons win as time expired, 17-14. But just a really brutal... like. You know, we only had three preseason games, so I don't want to say this is the fourth preseason game, but that's kind of what it felt like watching. Like, there's there's definitely, there was football. It wasn't great quality football, but there was football. But, you know, there's back-to-back pick dubs to open the episode, so I'm good with it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, Chargers and Chiefs. 
This is one of those games that you said I saw this coming. Uh, another one I would say you were totally full of shit. Uh, I obviously did not get this pick because, uh, you know, you rarely pick against the Chiefs. But I'm going to keep beating this drum because, man, what have I been saying all season so far? What have I been saying last at the tail end of last season? Things are going to start happening. People are going to start figuring some shit out. In this game, exactly what happened. Herbert came out playing his ass off. He finished with 281 yards passing, and he had four touchdowns without an interception. The man played some smart football, and in the end, he ended up outdueling Patrick Mahomes, who was obviously the, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Mahomes did almost manufacture another late winning game again, but he turned over the he turned over the ball that the Chiefs themselves had four turnovers on the day. Uh, unfortunately, he turned it over with a minute and 42 seconds left, which, you know, very uncharacteristic of their game style. Uh, once they did that, they turned it over. The Chargers went ahead and marched down the field. They did almost give it up. They had a fourth down conversion that they ended up uh, missing, but a passing a defensive passing interference call gave them another opportunity. And they, you know, they capitalized on a few, a few plays later. They went down, won the game. Uh, Chiefs made it interesting. Did march down the field. They made it to about halfway down the field, uh, but ended up having to hail mary it and ended up incomplete in the end. Uh, this is one of those games that you know Herbert is one of those that shows constant flashes in the pan. I don't know if this is a Chiefs team that necessarily you would hold a, a, a measuring stick to in terms of this season. You know, in a vacuum. Obviously, if you think the Chiefs and long term and everything that they've done, you know, it, it it becomes a much bigger thing than I think it is if you consider it just sort of in the microcosm of this three game season. But they're one and two, starting to start to show some some kinks in their armor. Uh, I know they're contemplating signing Gordon. Uh, that's they did. Yeah. All right. So I'd seen early, like a couple hours ago that they were making a move for it. So they are going to add a weapon, how quickly he can contribute, um, how long he ends up on the team. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks there. You know, contributing almost immediately for the Pats once they started working him in. You kind of hope for success for this guy. You hope that they can get him in. Uh, you know, teams have tried. The Seahawks try. Everybody has tried to get him opportunities. Um uh, I think with banning weed and not being necessarily considered an illegal substance in the same fashion it was before, it's going to help him out. I mean, clearly there's there's a problem there, but hopefully, you know, one of these chances are going to stick. I hope he can get in. That's a great team to kind of rehabilitate yourself. We've seen it happen over and over. We saw, uh, you know, Antonio Brown go to the Bucks and kind of stay out of the, the limelight and kind of clean himself up and... and you know, I, I can't say that. I'm just, he hasn't been in the news for anything crazy and has found some success. You kind of hope the same thing, even though I think those off the field issues are not comparable in any way. Right? One of them just has a self admitted drug problem, the other one is just a, uh, has a history of, sh of potentially being a shitty person. So um, I hope it comes in. It's been a while since they've made any major changes or any sort of, uh, you know, major threats at the wide receiver position. Kind of opens it up a little bit for for Hill and some of the go some of those guys to get going and widens the field a little bit. So 
a change is definitely needed. Uh, they're battling through injuries like everybody else, but you know, you lost against the team last week that was suffering even more devastating injuries. So that's not the best excuse. But I, I, I'm not going to say that their their reign of terror amongst the uh, the league is over, but definitely doesn't feel the same way it has the last few years. And that's with Mahomes included. Like he hasn't been yeah. playing all that well either. So um, yeah, something to keep an eye definitely on. Been a, there's definitely been a regression to the mean. Uh, for some teams, worse than others. Uh, yeah. Tim, did you say something? Did it rhyme with hashtag let Joey roar? Mm, no, I did not. I did no, not. you didn't? Oh, okay. Well, hashtag let Joey roar. Mm, okay. Mm. You're lost because you didn't say it. I spit out my beer very, very few times when I read things on Twitter. It has to be like a real knee slapper or there's got to be like a, wow, that just happened. Sunday, scroll on Twitter, at Stats Podcast. Jerome Bettish. Yo, we need a lot out of the number one pick today. Ben can't do it all. Najee, I'm looking at you. I went, Psh. but you, this dude is arguably one of the most famous players in all of Pittsburgh history. And he's like, hey, Najee Harris, today's the day. Step up. And step up he did. 40 yards in the ground, a buck oh two through the air. Uh, that was about it. There was no other offense that was going on except for that man. Uh, the pit defense was banged up. And it looked like the offense outside of Najee Harris was stuck in the mud. I was most surprised by the third touchdown that uh, Burroughs threw. That didn't jolt the Steelers to mount any, any bit of a comeback. After the game, a Bengals receiver did go on the record and say that he felt that the Steelers gave up in the second part of the game. If you were only going to face a team one time a year, that's some shit you would say. But they're in your division. I wouldn't have said that. Because next time you get walloped, that, that, this is bulletin board material. Burroughs only threw for 173, uh, 172 yards, and 70 of them went to Jamar Chase, who had two touchdowns. So that whole LSU connection that everyone was bemoaning that wasn't there in the preseason, guess what? It's there. Uh, even Joe Mixon got it going. This game looked like, in a vacuum, you could say the Steelers are in trouble because they are at 0-2, or that maybe the Bengals are better than we give them credit for. Also true. But you can't take a look at just those two hot takes and realize something that any given Sunday is still a thing. Division games are much tougher. And if you have a team that is without one of their top defensive players, smart coordinators will scheme, scheme, scheme. And all it takes is you get the first hit of that that touchdown that goes against a, a team that's been handing you your ass for years. And you're like, mm-hmm. All right, here we go. But even that wouldn't explain how since he went three for nine on third downs when Pittsburgh went nine for 19, there's no way, even with Big Ben's bad like interceptions, two of them, that shouldn't have been an issue for the Steelers. They've, they've dealt with that game script before. If Ben tosses another touchdown, this game would have been closer. Maybe the Bengals don't win, but the Joey roars for 24 and Steel Wool City only scored 10 points. And I am here all week, folks. But um, um, you hear all the people calling to bench Ben that game? A lot of those grumblings going around. So, be fair, they, they might have been there for a little while. Yeah. Bears yeah. Browns. What happened in the Bears Browns game? Besides, uh, you get in the pick right. Sorry. What, what, what's that? Another one? Another <laughs> one. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, this one was uh, a pretty decent matchup for about five minutes. 
that was that was literally it. Uh, Odell finally got himself going, uh, got himself back into the mix. Five receptions, 77 yards. Everybody who picked him up has him run on your bench. Now might be the time to start considering maybe working him into your line if if you, if you can, if you can. Uh, maybe uh, like a flex position for another game or two. But this was the Miles Garrett show. Uh, he recorded four and a half sacks. Uh, Justin Fields, first official dance in the NFL starting quarterback. Uh, it was a total nightmare for him. There was uh, there was zero positive things that came from that, and it wasn't entirely his fault. There's been lots of calls for Nagy's job after their start, the way he's managed that quarterback. Um, he completed only six more passes than Andy Dalton did yesterday. And I don't know if you know this, but Andy Dalton did not start yesterday. So that's not great. And he had 68 yards in total. Total. Running, throwing, 68 yards. Uh, that's only two yards more than a kicker did yesterday in one kick. So still a higher QB rating than uh, Aaron Rodgers had in week one. Um, you got to let that go at some point. Nearly triple that uh, at some point. Uh <laughs> I mean, he did need x-rays after the game on his throwing hand. They did come back negative, but it did show that maybe he wasn't 100% either. But, you know, what was what was their go-to option? Um, their day-to-day with, with Dalton. Dalton's been playing pretty well. So I know they weren't planning on starting him this early. They wanted to give him the opportunity to get in and kind of learn and develop and grow. And then he kind of got thrust into the spotlight. You hope this hasn't put him in a position where um, – it sort of diminished his confidence enough that it's going to be difficult to come back from. Um, Baker, he did his thing yesterday. Uh, he got off to kind of a slow start. Didn't really find their groove until the second half. Until then, they you know started to connect. Uh, it did help that Cleo Mack was off the field for a big portion of the middle part of that game. Uh, you know, he's sort of the the complementary player to Garrett on the other side of the ball. And when he's not on the field, it's it's a different looking feel. Uh, the Bears just kind of lose their identity a little bit. Um, Nagy, you know, he was quoted saying that they were they were not going to allow Justin to run, so that limited what they had to do. The pass rushers didn't have to do much; they just had to you know kind of keep him in the pocket and then just collapse the pocket on him. Uh, so this was just, you know, a game where they were completely outcoached that a, a quarterback that they were not prepared. I don't want to say he wasn't prepared, but they were not prepared to allow him to fully realize whatever his potential may be. They didn't properly game plan for his mobility. I think they went a little too far in trying to protect him. But, uh, I mean, ultimately it was just a, an incredibly sloppy game on their end. And it has started to call for Nagy's job, um, Pretty consistently, uh, you know, there was, you know, media and former players across the league ready to uh, drag him out into the street, you know, immediately. Um, Justin Fields is clearly not ready. Six of twenty and sixty-eight yards is crazy. He had three attempted runs for for twelve yards in total, so he didn't even really get the opportunity to to try and run. He took nine sacks, nine. Four and a half from one guy. So, um, lots of work they need to do there. They got to shore up their their line. Um, they may need to, you know, go out and pull in an, another backup quarterback. Or 
just decide that this is a, a development year for for Fields, but you got to be you got to be careful. You put him out there and he gets banged up or worse, performs poorly. That's really difficult to rebound from. Sometimes. So, uh, not a great look. I don't. We'll, we'll we'll see if that coach who's already on the hot seat makes it through the entire season. I don't have the highest that'd, hopes. That'd be pretty pretty wild. You know, most coaches get fired like around Thanksgiving if they do. So like I I, I don't. I hope it's not before then. Rumblings are getting loud. All right, Ravens Lions. Pick Sam, but I, I wish I didn't pick this one right. Okay, a missed delay a game penalty saved the Ravens from being the Ballyhoo team at the water cooler this week, and it does nothing but add to a long list of terrible happenings to beleaguered Detroit Lions fans. I hear you, Lions fans, and I was pissed about this. This game was not pretty. When I made my picks for this week, I did it in the same amount of time that it took the snap to get from the center to Lamar Jackson's hand after the clock hit zeros. An obvious blown blown call for a delay a game. They even tried to explain it on the air, and the commentators were not having anything of it. it delay a game is one of those things that, like, when you know, you know. It's obvious. You can do the whole, like, stomp your foot and the ball's still in the in the hands of the center, and it's the clock's at zeros, and then it gets snapped. Come on. It always seems to get called for your team, but not another team. Personally, I think the Ravens should have lost this game because had they got that five-yard penalty, they weren't going to get a chance to try Justin Tucker's NFL record 66-yard field goal that doinked off the crossbar and bounced into as time expired. But that that's how they won this crazy game. I say crazy because no one seemed like they really wanted to win it, which third downs are important. If you, if you watch football, if you play third, you know, football, third downs are important. They're very important to, to sap the will of the defense, and they're very important to keep momentum going. Baltimore said, nah, we're good. Baltimore converted one third down out of 10 tries. One third down. Detroit converted three. Usually the team that converts more third downs is going to win the game. And Baltimore was like, we're good. Just one for us, please. Now, there was some fourth, you know, fourth than, uh, there was a, there was a yeah, fourth down attempt. Obviously, we know the Ravens are going to get that. It's like almost automatic. They both attempted, both quarterbacks attempted 31 passes. Lamar was sacked four times and picked off late in this game that should have sealed it. But it didn't matter because when you have a guy like Justin Tucker, apparently three quarters of the field, is field goal opportunity territory. Now, he's not always going to make these kicks. It is an incredible kick. He is an awesome kicker. But I feel really bad about the fact that, like, the Lions really got screwed out of this one. They should have won this game 17-16. to 16, But instead, it's not to be, and they get a moral victory, if you can even say such a thing. <laughs> Um, Saints Patriots. Um, <clears throat> I picked this one incorrectly because I think Winston is super inconsistent. And at face value, you look at this game and think like, "Oh, here he is. He's he's performing better. He's just an up and down player." Well, not quite so fast. Uh, it also seems the next coming of Tom Brady hit a couple bumps this weekend as well. Mac Jones ended up being picked three times. Uh, on their way to. Uh, an 0-2 home record for the first time since 2000, which is uh, crazy if you think about that. 21 years back during Belichick's first season as a coach was the last time they started 0-2 at home. 
which is bananas. Another crazier stat that doesn't matter, but in games where uh, the Patriots lead in turnovers, they are 108-7 at home. A hundred and eight and seven. That is insanity. So going into this game, they knew they had to take care of the ball. They knew they had to uh, keep it out of the defensive hands of the Patriots. Uh, and they did that. The Patriots, unfortunately, failed uh, to do that on their own. Uh, a large part of that, you know, is a result of James White going out. He missed the game um, from the second quarter on. He was actually carted off the field. With a hip injury, but the the Saints defense was stellar. Uh, they were all over Mac. They were overwhelming the entire front. Um, backed a bunch. She was hit like eleven times. Uh, some of the picks weren't necessarily his fault. One came off of a, of a tipped ball, but uh, one was returned for and, and ended up giving the Saints short yardage. The other one was turned for a touchdown. So. This is another one of those games where, uh, you know, you, you, you look for some of the positives in a team that's kind of going through a transition. It's been a rough year for rookie quarterbacks as a whole. So um, I didn't necessarily feel going into the season that Mac Jones was instantly going to be amazing. But he has showed a couple areas in which you know, are, they have things to build on, right? The, the team itself needs a lot of work. Their offensive line... Uh, doesn't look right. They're having a hard time stopping. Uh, but it's it's tricky to go from a quarterback who has the fastest release time and the quickest release time in the entire... Uh, well, I guess fastest and quickest are the same thing. But when you go from uh, a quarterback who has one of the quickest release times in the entire league uh, to someone who's you know learning and, and working through its progression, still pretty quick, but not quite the same thing, uh, those small gaps uh, in ability tend to show. He finished 30 of 51, uh, those three picks, though they, you know, they were ultimately were too difficult to overcome. They gave Winston short field. Uh, again, Winston, you look at his numbers, you look at his win. They won twenty eight thirteen, but then when you look at his actual numbers, <laughs> thirteen for twenty one and one hundred and twenty eight yards. Like that's those aren't blowout numbers. It just happened to be a team that went out and executed on four play on the offensive side of New England. Um, you know, I think Mac Jones is going to be fine. I think that team is going to be fine. They make great adjustments, and we've had years without Belichick that we've gone in and, and had some success. They That's constantly part of the conversation when you have Tom Brady versus the Bill Belichick debate, where who needs who, and everyone points to the years we were successful with, uh, like, Hoyer and, and Garoppolo and, and players like that. So they'll be fine. They need to add a couple uh, key players up front, and I think they need to make some adjustments, but they'll be fine. This game, not a good look, uh, understandably. But, you know, like all the rookie quarterbacks this year, he's kind of struggling to to get his footing. But, you know, that's what happens when you draft and then immediately start someone. So it's to be expected. Winston. I don't expect uh, I don't expect this kind of play to continue for very long. I, th- when I say this kind of play, again, he completed what seven more passes than uh, Justin Fields did. Just his defense ended up capitalizing on a couple more of these uh, these major plays than than the Bears did. So take that with a grain of salt, if you will. <laughs> uh, growing pains. It's not just a song by Alessia Cara. 
<clears throat> or, Anyways, or ludicrous. Oh, that's true. Better version. Wow. Wow. I missed I missed a golden opportunity there. I'm taking L's all over this episode today. Uh, Cardinals, Jags. Look, finally, the Cardinals looked mortal. Still scored 31 points, but they looked mortal, right? Kyler Murray didn't have a passing touchdown. He did throw for like 300 yards. Did rush for another one. James Conner got a couple rushing scores. I liked seeing the fight out of the Jags. I really did. Uh, you know, they're obviously 0-3 now, uh, but they were 0-2 at the time. You're facing someone who is kind of like widely viewed as a dark horse candidate for MVP just because of what he was doing. So you knew you had to come correct and, and put a ton of things out there on film. Yep. And I think I think that happened. Mission accomplished, right? AJ Green over a buck in receiving yards. It's been a long time since that's happened. So clearly Arizona is finding ways to spread the ball. Uh, and if Kyler doesn't have to throw a touchdown, he doesn't have to. The defense will do what they need to do. Special teams was not good for Arizona in this one. The kicker attempted a 68-yard field goal, and he got returned for 109 <laughs> yards. Not a single person tackled the dude who caught the missed field goal practically in the stands. Tim, a football field is 100 yards long, and it's got two 10-yard end zones, yep. so it's 120 yards. This dude caught it practically in the stands, and they ran all the way back. Not a single person touched. Yep. Come on. Shout out to Jamal Agnew, though, because he that was an incredible play uh, and definitely gave the team some energy. And look, they hung with Arizona until the third quarter when Arizona was like, all right, we let you get a couple good licks on us. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's pull some plays out of our ass and let's win this game. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. It took them a little time to knock the rust off, but I was really impressed by the Jags fight. I would have liked a little heads up to know that James Robinson was going to be as involved because I started him first two weeks of fantasy, like next to no points, next to no points, and then 18. I should have known. I should have known. But, you know, my, my, my final thing on this, Trevor Lawrence's final stat was one touchdown, two picks. But if it was the other way around, you'd have had a 26-31 game, and there would have been a number of people that suddenly – were Trevor Lawrence fans. Yep. They wanted to see the Arizona Cardinals get knocked off. But in the immortal words of Kanye West, <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Card 31, Jags 19. You guys want to hand him the L card for these terrible differences? Or do I just no. keep doing it? I mean, no. Ah. No, we don't. All right. Move. Let's, let's go on. My God. All right. So uh, Washington Bills and uh, I ended up getting this one right because the Bills are just in a very, very tough spot. Um, this one kind of had one of those interesting backstories to it um, where so uh, a little while ago uh, last year Josh Allen he had to start after he lost his uh, grandmother uh, who was pretty close to him uh, and the offensive coordinator, uh, Ryan DeBall, stepped in and kind of showed a lot of support. Uh, in this game, uh, roles were reversed, where uh, DeBall ended up losing uh, his the loss of his grandmother that happened just a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, when you when you start thinking of coaches and grandparents that age, and you start wondering, like, well, you know, it's sort of expected differences. Um, his grandparents essentially raised him. He lived with them, spent his whole life with them. So uh, it was it was tough. It was like losing a mother for him. 
So the team, uh, you know, they came out. They had a nice little ceremony, a little touching uh, tribute in the beginning of the of, of the game. But uh, they really came out and helped represent. And man, Josh Allen balled out. Uh, we often talk about you know turnovers plaguing Allen. You know, so far in his you know young career, uh, that was not the case this weekend. Everyone kind of. Hit their stride, I feel, a little bit. He was uh, 32 of 43. He had 358 yards. He had four passing touchdowns. QBR rating of uh, 129.8. He also had a rushing touchdown. Like, this man went ham. Ham. Uh, Divvied it out to six, seven different receivers. Two of them just shy of 100 yards. Uh, they were playing very, very effective football going out. I think this is sort of what everyone expected when they thought the Bills were going to take over that division and, and sort of what they were going to look like coming into to this season. Uh, team confidence is at an all-time high. Uh, Devin Singletary came out saying that they were, you know, finally hitting their stride. So, you know, this is potentially what this team is going to look like when they're playing well. Now we got to pump the brakes a little bit because it is Washington. They are going up a quarterback who's, you know, still finding his footing as well. Uh, Taylor came out. He played okay. It was 14 of 24, 212 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And it was just a game where uh, nobody seemed to be on the same page as, as anybody else. Uh, Rivera came out and said, you know, we got our butts kicked, right? We got to go back to the drawing board and see how we uh, we bounce back. Um, they were dealing with a little injuries. There's a couple fluke plays that went on this on both sides of the ball. Um, one of their guards ended up going out because uh, uh, he couldn't stop himself and ended up running into a padded wall. <laughs> uh, Brandon Scherf came out, uh, you know, there was a kickoff from the Bills that uh, sort of went out and then came back in midair and then bounced right in front of uh, the returner and then ended up back in the Bills kicker's hands. It was it was a it was a weird day. It was one of those things where everything was kind of going in the Bills' favor. Um, it, it 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 was it it was difficult for Washington trying to overcome how well they were playing. There was a couple little flashes in the pan, but there was no stopping the Bills. They hit a 48-yard field goal going into the hat. I mean, it was just, uh, it was it was nothing that could be done. Um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to go in for, uh, you know, Washington, not only at the quarterback position, but just across the board. They're struggling to find their identity. Uh Last year, everyone you know kind of pulled for them a little bit because of the of the quarterback story that they had. They didn't. They were the team without a name, and there was all of this great stuff going around. And then ultimately, they won the division with the losing re- losing record. And it doesn't seem like that's uh, changing at all this season. So another tough one for them. Uh, Bills end up taking this one, forty three twenty one, and the score uh, doesn't really do a good job of indicating how far away these two teams were away from each other. It wasn't as close as that score even alludes to true that all right the four o'clock games jets broncos i said broncos teddy be aggressive be aggressive teddy bridgewater no 
Okay. Well, he didn't need to be. Whatever they're, the Broncos are doing, it's working for him. Now, let's be honest. They've not exactly faced a murderer's row of teams, okay? But Bridgewater didn't have to throw any touchdowns in this game. Both of the Broncos running backs scored touchdown. That got you points of fantasy, which won't be many weeks of that, I can assure you. And it didn't matter that there's no touchdowns that went through the air because Zach Wilson threw a pair of atrocious picks and he got sacked five times because the Denver defense did whatever they wanted, scored. They just annihilated the, the Jets this game, 26-0. to I mean, look, I know Zach Wilson is a rookie. You were ringing the, the five-alarm bells a couple weeks ago. This is bad, 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 bad. Like, really bad, bad, bad. Uh, I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about it. Because the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags, it's not a record going 3-0. That will scare people. Like, you should go 3-0 in those games. But they're averaging 26 points a game. So you're kind of like, oh, now I'm back in. Now you have my attention. Let's just hope that the Broncos can do this the same the same energy when they're facing really good teams like this week against the Ravens because they're going to need an average of 26 points to win that game. Because I think after last week, Ravens are going to want to come out and make a statement. So good for the Broncos. Injuries, soft schedule, winning those games. But, I mean, they could be 3-3 three and three in the next month. It's, it's definitely a possibility. It could happen. Uh, Jets are Jets ain't great. That ain't it, fam. Uh, whatever other things we can say uh, in terms of uh, the children that they say. <laughs> uh, we, 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 what we can say to the children is, uh, don't be a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, here we are, another week coming and going. Here we are, another week talking about. The Raiders winning another game. Uh, this one happened to be in overtime. Uh, this one was uh, another decent performance by Carr. Uh, you, you know, not the prettiest of games. Uh, it is a game I feel like they should have had an opportunity to go out and, and do better. Who was on IR right now? So you had Jacoby Brissett come in. Um, Jacoby's another guy I tend to try and pull for. He's bounced around a bunch of teams, um, found his way back in, and and has tried performing. Very valiant effort. Say that with an asterisk because he was 32. He had 32 total completions on 49 attempts, but he only totaled 215 yards. We have other guys who came close to that with like 15. So uh, a lot of short passes. Um, Not... The best look, no touchdowns, one running touchdown. So anytime that team doesn't have two on the field, it seems like they just completely lose their identity. Uh, but Carr was a man on fire. 200, and, or sorry, he had 26 attempts and 43, uh, sorry, 26 completions in uh, 43 attempts and finished with 386 yards. So by comparison, you wonder, you know, why that math isn't adding up. Um, again, you know, he threw another interception. It seems to be sort of par for the course. Uh, but, uh, car for the course. Did you say oh that? Oh my God. I did not say that. Sam. Oh, all right. Damn it, Sam. That's all I'm going to say from now on when Sam has one of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it was, I mean, it was another, uh, it was another good outing. Um, they recently signed Peyton Barber. He came in and filled in 
extremely well. Had 111 runs. I mean, sorry, 111 yards. Uh, had a touchdown. Did have a fumble. So, you know, a little trade-off there, but uh, he is filling in uh, Gruden after the game. Quote, I don't apologize for winning these games no matter how we won them. When you're down 14-0 and score 25 unanswered in the NFL against a team like that, something's going right. Not wrong about that. Um, they're doing very well. They're finding ways to to win games. Uh, again, in my opinion, I think this is one they should have won a little bit more handedly without Tua being uh, in as quarterback. So, you know, it uh, it it, it kind of is what it is, right? Um, I'm not trying to get too high on this team. I think this is one of those that I I feel like at some point going to come crashing down to earth. I I, I like Carr. I feel like he has, you know, potential if he manages to take care of the ball and if they game plan well. Last year, he felt a little bit more like uh, someone they stuck with because they signed him to a deal, like a massive deal, and you couldn't bench him when you signed him that much money. But now it seems like he's kind of figured it out, whether that's uh, part of the team that they've surrounded him with or whether he's actually gotten better. Not sure. Another game with a massive field goal, you know, Carlson came in, booted a 50-yard field goal. So this is another one where that's part of the part of the equation. You gotta you gotta factor it in. It's something we've said. This is like the weekend of the kickers, which you know, good for them. You know, they go out, they earn their paycheck. That's their job. But this weekend, there was like records being blown up, or at least attempted records, kind of all over the place. Um, you got a little work with Brissett. Uh, you know. First reps back on, you know, a starting role in a very, very long time. Might find a way to kind of get back into it, but, uh, I mean, again, this is this is the car show, and I think this is, uh, this is turning out to be an interesting team to watch based off of how some of the other uh, recent Super Bowl contenders uh, fared this weekend because we already talked about the Chiefs, talked about the Bucks here. In just a second, a lot of those big name teams um, did not fare well this weekend, and it kind of opens the doors for some of these other teams you weren't really expecting. In my opinion, the Raiders might be one of those teams where you got to start sitting back and paying attention to. I'm not ready to to panic on teams like the Chiefs, and definitely not the Bucks. Um, but the Rams—they're sort of showing out this year. They're looking like another team that's playing with uh, a lot of gumption. I dig into my old roots. Uh, but there, another team that's playing well that you may not have anticipated coming into this, the Chargers, the team that tends to be playing pretty well. If the Bills continue to sort of hit this stride, you know, I think teams like the Dolphins are, you know, they're going to quickly find themselves behind the ball very quickly. But, um, yeah, I think the Raiders might end up being a team we end up paying more attention to as the season goes on, at least paying more attention to what we thought going into this. Still hate Gruden. Bar's kind of growing on me a little bit. Interesting. What was the name of that movie? Um, the main character is Lightning McQueen. Oh my God. Cars? Derek Cars. <laughs> Damn it, Sam. That's right. Here we go. All right. <sighs> I'm taking applications like for new podcast hosts. Podcast. Oh, uh, so this yeah. keeps up. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
How are they going to get there? Uh, the same by car. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start taking it. I'm gonna start drinking every time Sam says it. I'm gonna have to take a shot or take a drink. No shots because I wouldn't make it to the podcast. But <laughs> sounds like you don't have a car in the world. Anyways, we're moving on. I can't do this. Seahawks Vikings. I got this pick wrong. But can you blame me, Tim? All right, there's 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 hometown arrogance and then there's stats on matter, and then there's the combination of the two. Look, Seattle's not lost Minnesota in the previous eight outings. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown a pick this season. Dalvin Cook didn't play this game for the Minnesota Vikings. All that should have added up to an easy win. But no, it actually is the perfect ingredient for a slice of disgusting humble pie. That's what happened Sunday. Seattle did like they've done already in two games this season. Raced out to a 10-point lead and then forgot they got a score in the second half. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Look, if you're a Seahawks fan, there have to be really chilling thoughts that are going down your spine about this team ending up 500 this season. They should not have lost this game at all. They should not have lost last week's game. Um... Substantial things need to change for this team. On offense, the zig or the zag occurs, not both. They need to do that. Their scripted plays are fantastic. They, they score. But the defense just allows them to score and then adjusts, and then they can't score points for the rest of the game. They've not scored a touchdown in the third quarter of the season thus far. That is terrifying. That is not good. On defense, there's soul-searching to do. You have blown assignments off coverage where it's like, Third and 16, you're giving like Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen like eight yards of separation. Like, why? Why are you doing that? Why is Alexander Madison, who's only had two 100-yard games in his career, both of them against Seattle, why are you stacking the box? Why are we not trying to keep Kirk Cousins from making sports in our top 10? I don't know. Look, there's more miscommunications in the defense than rom-com movies have. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Damn it, Sam. But the 12s in me are kind of like, no, you know what, Tim? I'm going to go off script here. All right, I had some notes here. I'm throwing out the window. Tim, you've seen Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Okay, remember the episode, um, The Viper in the Mountain, where Oberyn Martell talks all the shit to the mountain because he's such a better fighter, and he's so skilled, and he uses a lance, and then Elena Martell's like, hey, don't drink. You know, you need to keep your wits about you in this fight. And he's yep. like, I always drink before a fight. I'll be fine. And in that episode, spoilers, in case you haven't watched Game of Thrones, which you're about eight years too late. He gets the upper hand on the mountain. And then he wants to go for the moral victory. He wants to hear the mountain say all the terrible things he's done to his family. And the mountain just sweeps the leg, grabs his face, and crushes it. That is what is going on with the goddamn Seattle Seahawks this year. We're trying to kill teams with lances. When we shouldn't be doing any of that, we need to be bludgeoning teams into death with the run game. We need to be stopping teams from scoring points by Ben, don't break defense. And we're not doing a damn part of that. All we're doing is saying, look, we got Russell Wilson. He can do deep moon balls. Yeah, no kidding. The rest of the league knows that. They'll let you get one or two. You can't win a game that way. This is, this is not good. The next two weeks are against division opponents, the Rams and the 49ers. You're about to talk about the Rams. The Rams terrify me now. The Rams used to not terrify me. The Rams were like, ah, we'll, we'll split. They've been kicking our ass the last couple of years. This was not a good game. And for all of the positivity and the hoopla that's come out after this game, yeah, I need people to look in the mirror, fans and, and team members alike, because I think 
this could be a very, very bad season if we don't fix the shit soon. You could say they don't have a car in the world, but, you know. No, it's not looking great. Um, Man, speaking of the Rams, this... The Rams, I agree, are a terrifying team because they're a team that looks like they're just out having fun, right? If there was any team that made some big moves in the offseason that some folks may have, you know, had some questions about, the Matt Stafford trade seems to have, you know, worked incredibly well uh, for the Rams this season. He came out, played incredibly well this game. Um 27 of 38, 343 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I know some folks are saying he outdueled Tom Brady, but if you watch this game, the game didn't ever really feel close. I know it ended up not that far away from each other, being uh, 34-24, but it was uh, it was it was an interesting game because. Tampa Bay started showing some vulnerabilities, uh, especially on their offensive line. Brady was just constantly under duress uh, from Aaron Darnold. He was just all over the place, Um, which is interesting because even with that, Brady still finished 41 of 55 and had 432 yards. He just, they couldn't convert. The, the, The red zone defense of LA pretty much locked down the field. They were forced into a lot of uh, field goals, um, a, a late rush by Tom Brady. Like it was, it was one of those games where everybody looked at this as you know two potential Super Bowl contenders coming in and battling it out. But it looked, you know, to the naked eye, it looked a lot like the Rams were just uh, the far superior team. Um, whether that's actually the case, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, how much better they might be from LA. I mean, sorry, from than Tampa. But in this game, while watching it in real time, it looks like they got completely, completely outplayed. Um, Brady hit Evans. You know, we talk about targets rotating every week. This week, it seems to be the Evans game. He got uh, Tyler Johnson involved. Gronkowski. Something seemed off with Gronkowski. I know they were talking about uh, injuries sort of towards the middle to tail end of that game. Um, there were some balls that, you know, in, in yesteryear he might have held on to. I know you could say some of them might have been overthrown, but they, they hit his hands. Uh, and we all know the rule in the NFL as a receiver. If it hits your hands, it should be a catch. But there were plenty of opportunities uh, for for Tampa to to capitalize on some some deep plays that they just didn't take it didn't take any advantage of. Darnold had a bunch of batted balls. Uh, Brady was constantly under pressure, but for me, I think this goes to show a little bit more the strength of LA and the way that they play. Uh, again, they're a team that appears to be having fun. Stafford seems to have kind of figured out some of the kinks that he may have had coming into this, and then Sean McVay, who's just the biggest cheerleader for uh, everyone on on the field. Um, that all being said, you still let Brady put up 
432 yards. Sure, you clamped down when the when it mattered, but if Gronkowski, let's say he was battling through an injury, was 100% healthy, that might have a different look and feel to the end of that game. Um, but I think this, I mean, I think it was a fantastic game. I think either one of those two could make a playoff run, if not uh, an appearance in the Super Bowl. Um, oh yeah, I would peg either one of those two teams. What you can't see is Sam batting his eyes in shock you and amazement. To explain yourself here, what do you mean? One's one's three and zero, one's two and one, and the two and one team just lost to the three and zero team. So like, you, you knew the, the you you knew the Rams had potential to come in and be great. This is they're they're on a three and zero start for the second time in the five year career for. McVay, so it's not a surprise. What's surprising to me is how well Stafford has uh, has been playing. At one point, he was like eight for eight, seventy four yards and fourteen plays for uh, a, a, a touchdown. Um, so it's one of those it's one of those games where you're, like the league is in this weird like shifting phase where most times you have star quarterbacks and they stay on a team until they retire or they become close to retiring and then. You know they may go to one or two other teams before it's over. Some of the like lower, middle, higher, middle tier quarterbacks might bounce around teams like Andy Dalton and and things like that. But for the most part, like if you're a good player, you stay on a team. And I don't think Stafford was necessarily a, a bad quarterback. I don't think Goff was a bad quarterback. But they've all kind of you know played the the shell game and kind of moved. And not all of it has panned out quite the same way. But the Rams looked dangerous in this game, going up against a really strong team in the Buccaneers. I know the Bucs are dealing with, you know, a little bit of injuries, um, you know, in their secondary. They're going to have to make some signings if they want to try and compete. There was some major blown coverage in which Deshaun Jackson was left wide open for a touchdown. So, and it's all that guy does. It's like, why would you leave him un, like un, unblocked like that? Yeah, so... Gronkowski might be dealing with some rib injuries. So there was definitely some banged up players that helped contribute to this loss, I think. But for me, the biggest standout uh, was the, the Rams' performance, obviously. But the the poor play of the secondary for New England. Uh, we, we all saw what the the recipe for stopping the Chiefs was and that was preventing the deep ball. You forced him to throw under and you just sort of stopped and collapsed on everybody who caught the ball. I don't even know if they tried to play this game if they would be if if New England would be able to do that. I mean there was, you know, it was it was tough. Sony Michelle looked like he was out trying to prove a point. He was running all over the place. 20 carries, 67 yards. I'm sure he finished that game all banged up and bruised up. But I was I was legitimately sad when we uh, cut cut him loose. Um, kind of showed you why. He's a workhorse. But you got James White that pretty much – I mean, no, that's New England. Uh, James White's a New England player. <laughs> uh, but uh, Tony Michelle, when New England got rid of him, you know, it kind of – I raised my eyebrows a little bit to it because I, I thought, uh, you know, he was a quality player, and I think what you saw was sort of a reflection of that. So, um, you know, him going up t- against Tom Brady, uh, you kind of wonder what, you know, if he had, uh, you know, a little something extra to prove or if he was just out there, you know, going out. But Rams, man, I think are a dangerous team. Uh, the Bucks have some holes to fill. Their offense can't carry them to every win, as we just saw. The quarterback's out throwing five touchdowns a game. 
Uh, you got some gaps to fill. So there's there's going to be some trades. There's going to be some moves that happen on that team. You're just hoping they happen sooner rather than later. But the, the Rams look like they are just destined for the moon. Rocket ships, baby. I hope, I hope they go to the moon like Dogecoin. But uh, hey, anyway. Doge, Dogecoin did not go to the moon. Uh, this is not fi- correct. This that's, is not financial advice. That's that's why I'm saying we're, I have to go to, to the moon like Dogecoin. We're not we're not finan- we're not financial. I don't care what you say about financial. Uh, advice. Oh my god! I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking. Sam. I'm drinking. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this up here. Packers 49ers. I picked the pack. I said go pack go. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. On paper, this game wasn't supposed to be close, and yet that's what it came down to. You gotta you gotta wonder a little bit after watching this game. The Niners clearly realize what they have with Jimmy G, and they are maximizing the hell out of that ceiling because there are a couple plays in this game that they definitely want back that I think Trey Lance could have given them a much, much, much better chance at. They kept him out there. San Francisco is down running backs and defensive backs. Not good, Bob. Not good at all. And yet, no discernible change to their offensive system. Jet sweeps, misdirections, short dink-dunk throws up and down the field. I mean, I heard Kevin Clark say on, on a Ringer podcast this week, <laughs> George Kittle tried to win that game for them. He was the only person who was doing anything of substance for the Niners. And if you watch football for more than a year, you know some things. Again, as I keep harping, you win enough third downs, you usually win the game. If you leave Aaron Rodgers with a timeout in a minute, you're probably going to lose the game by a field goal, and that's exactly what happened here. The Niners shouldn't have lost, right? They converted 7 of 11 third downs. They were almost automatic. But you give Aaron Rodgers less than a minute and a full timeout, he's going to march right down the field, which he did. Set up the game-winning field goal. That that scheme that he has, it's not even a two-minute drive. It's not two-minute offense. It's like. 45-second offense. It's enough time for him to go through a timeout and actually just set up some chunk plays, and he's amazing at it because he has that wrist flick from hell. If you're not a fan of it, you will be after seeing it. And if you're a Packers fan, this is what you've become accustomed to believe your team is always going to do, and it happens, so that's the worst part. But let's talk about Devontae Adams for a minute. 12 receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. There was a 51-yard Go bomb. That was amazing. Just dropped right in his bread basket on the sideline, toe tap, everything. It was just crazy. But what's not in that stat line is the guillotine hit that he sustained that wasn't flagged and didn't come in sideline officials that he was concussed. The dude was out cold on the field, Tim. It was a brutal hit. And I'm thinking the NFLPA and the refs from this game have to be admonished. Like, you can't have someone be out cold pull him off the field for one play and send him back in. That does the game a disservice. Uh, concussions take a little bit longer to show the symptoms than some of the other injuries do. It was very clear. The dude was not conscious for multiple seconds. You got to pull that dude out of the game. Now, you do that, maybe the Packers don't win. Who knows? You have to do what's best for the player here. I think this sets a dangerous precedent going forward that you can take these shots. And depending on which way the refs want to go, you won't get called, you won't get flagged for it, and it could potentially have some game-changing outcomes. So I, I am not a fan. I, I love the, the drama of the Sunday Night Football game, but I was not a fan 
of the fact that Devontae Adams' head just about got cleaned from left to right. And the refs were like, zebras. Blind zebras. Oh, I didn't see that. And then the people on the sideline who are tasked with the medical safety of the players were like, come on the tent. Can you answer these three questions? Oh, you can? Oh, you're good. Just go back out. Just sit off and play. Did you watch the video? Did you see old boy not get off the field for more than like 10, 15 seconds? He never should have gone back out there. If you have a player like Christian McCaffrey who pulls his hamstring and goes, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and call it a day. Players should have to be able to self-report. I don't know. Ah, just That was bad. It was really bad. That's supposed to be what the independent neurological consultant, the Inc., is there for. And I think those people failed at their job on Sunday night. We got a, we got a fantastic game out of it. Cool. But if Devonta Adams' career or if Devonta Adams' status for next week is in jeopardy because of a concussion, we can all trace exactly where it happened on the field in the moment it happened. And every one of those refs should get a downgrade for that game because they did not call what was an obvious, obvious tar- There should have been an ejection for that hit, Tim. Yeah, let's go into Monday Night Football. Uh, so earlier in the game, there was a Dak Prescott run on the uh, one-yard line where the ball was clearly pushed and reached across the goal line, and then it was batted out of his hands. Not only did they call it a turnover, they reviewed it on a challenge and still called it a turnover. Uh, so... Like a touchback. Another right? no, 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 no. They just gave it to Philly on the uh, on the one yard on the half yard line, and then Philly ended up going three and out. So it didn't end up hurting them per se. Uh, however, it was still just a, a terribly blown call. Um, they did just score again, so now they're up forty. Yeah. So yeah, forty-one, fourteen. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah. So this is uh, this is one of those games that is you know just got out of hand pretty quick. Uh, Hertz has a touchdown in this game. He has two interceptions. Obviously, that's not uh, going to help your team against a, a surging Cowboys team. We talked a little bit about uh, you know teams to kind of pay attention to. And the Cowboys are off to one and one start, but when they play well, they're playing incredibly well. And tonight is one of those games. Uh, Dak hasn't attempted a lot of passes. He's 21 for 26. Uh, uh, but he's got 238 yards and he has three touchdowns so far. Zero turnovers. Elliott, he's gotten in for two so far. So it's good to see him kind of back on his grind. Uh, he won uh, two of my fantasy leagues for me tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I went up against somebody who scored like 180 points. I don't even... I, I think he's cheating, so I haven't gone back to look at that yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the Cowboys, man, they're starting to look pretty good. Uh, It's it's tough to say, you know, if they scored that touchdown, even a bigger thing. But, you know, every every play could butterfly affect the rest of the game. But this is one, it's, you know, there's still six minutes left in this game, seven minutes left in this game. I'm sure the Cowboys are going to end up scoring at least one more time, if not two times. Uh, a 50-burger. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's just not Philly's night. Philly's been okay. Hurts has been a little inconsistent as of late. I do have him in one of my leagues, and one week he'll get me 28 points. Then this week he's got me, I think he's somewhere around like 16 points. Um, so 
it's not all it's not all rainbows and butterflies for Philly, but it does appear early on that uh Cowboys are going to take this one pending a complete collapse of some type. So. Yeah, I would agree. What was that? That was the sound of me trying to check my fantasy uh, scores and uh, Yahoo trying to hit me with that ad. <laughs> well, let's go into let, let's let's rocket fire our predictions for next week, week four. I'll start Thursday night football, the Jags versus Cincy. Dude, you already know what it is. Hashtag let Joey roar. I got to stick with the Bengals, man. I think Jacksonville is prime for for something at some point. We'll we'll see if that's it. Uh, this, uh, it would be it would be crazy if there was an upset win on Thursday night, and that was the first game Trevor Lawrence had won because it's two number one picks going against each other. Mm. There'd be a lot written about that. Yeah, there's day. a lot of combo about that, and 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 Trevor, you know, we're not going to go back and forth on all of these, but I think this is one worth with talking about because I do think Trevor has started to show a couple little sort of glints or flashes in the pan. Um, you know, amongst all the other quarterbacks, I think they started incredibly early. This is a hundred percent one of them. So, uh, just something to keep in mind. That might be a game to watch because you don't know. Mm. Joey's been a little inconsistent this season. You have uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of slowly figuring it out. Maybe this could be the game. Um, that being said, I have Tennessee Jets, and I'm not even going to bother Tennessee. Boom. I got KC Philly. Look, KC got a rude awakening, and they need to they need to start winning some games um, because the West is now stacked. Apparently, so uh, KC will go ahead and win this game. I think Philly will try and put some fight because they're getting detonated right now on Monday Night Football. But uh, KC, they're gonna run away with it. This one's a tough one for me. I got uh, Carolina and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is playing incredibly well, but. Uh, Carolina, they've been showing some flashes in the pan. I think if Christian McCaffrey's not in the lineup, this one's going to be a tough one to pull out, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go Dallas on this one because I think they're kind of firing on all cylinders. I think, uh, you know, it's too much to overcome uh, if McCaffrey's not in it. Such an integral part of that offense. I would agree. Giants, Saints. I got to go Saints here. Sorry, Craig. I, I would love to believe that the, the Giants could pull this one out, but the Saints have a better defense than the Falcons. The Falcons found a way to, to win by three points. So, yeah. Just looking at common law opponents, I just don't see that being good for the G-Men. Saints win. Winston, up and down, you think is 120 yards is going to be enough to win? Yep. Enough? Fair enough. All right. Uh... Cleveland, Minnesota. Um, man, uh, they're both two and one teams. Uh, they're both seven and eight in points scored per game. Uh, points allowed per game is where things start to get a little hairy. Where Minnesota ends up twentieth, and Cleveland ends up eighth. So, um, passing yards per game. Minnesota's eight. Cleveland's 18th, but with the return of Odell Beckham, that might change things. This one could end up being a shootout towards the end. They have a better rushing game with Odell kind of getting injected back into the game. 
Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland on this one. Ooh! All right. Yeah. Detroit, Chicago. Look, Chicago can't figure out they're going to start Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, or Justin Fields and his bum hand. Detroit's really pissed. They should have won that game last week. If there's a game where Dan Campbell's, we need to beat you down at the knees and, and bite your kneecap off, is going to win a game, it's going to be this week. I'm going Lions all the way. I got Houston, Buffalo. Uh, who's with Houston and you know their big question marks? I think this one's going to come down to uh Buffalo riding the momentum that they've had. They're already, like I said, firing on all cylinders. I think this is kind of their game to lose. So let's go, Buff Buffalo. I got Colts versus the Dolphins. Two is not starting. Jacoby Brissett showed some some fight. But who did he used to play for? The Indianapolis Colts. Who's their opponent this week? Indianapolis Colts. If Carson Wentz can go out there on two bum ankles and do something, he's definitely going to be able to do something more on a little bit of rest and a little bit longer. So I, it's going to be Indy. It's not going to be pretty, but it'll be Indy. This one, I think, has uh, a little bit more interesting flavor to it than you would think at face value because there, Washington and Atlanta – uh, I told you Matt Ryan and, and Taylor Heineke. Who would you tell me had Heineke? Heineke, Heineken. Um, yeah, he well, he tried to get a deal with Heineken. They haven't given it to me yet. He, he got a deal with Bud Light. So yeah, you're right. Moving up in the world. Uh, anyway, uh, of the two of them, one of them has more touchdowns than the other. Not Matt Ryan. So <laughs> yeah, it is Taylor Heineke, isn't it? It is. Um, fewer yards. Fewer receptions, which I mean, uh, which means that there are fewer completions, which means that there is some sort of skew towards Washington. I think Atlanta is really due for a big win. Um, I don't think Ryan is playing poorly. They just haven't kind of hit their stride. Um, if there's a team you're going up against where you have that opportunity, I do think it's Washington football team. So while my gut wants to tell me that this is Taylor's sort of game to go out and, and put one down. I think Ryan, the Falcons are going to find a way to uh, to have a, a, a their first decent game of the season. When I say decent game, I mean decent game that finishes with a win. Right? They've had decent games come up just short. They're due for you know a game in in, in which they'll figure this thing out and and start. Firing on all cylinders. So I think I think this might be the game. Interesting. All right. Now, you got the four o'clock games. It's the NFC West slate. It's gonna happen. You got Arizona and the LA Rams and Seattle versus San Francisco. I would have normally, the way these games are scheduled on the NFL website, I would have taken <laughs> Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah. But I I need I need a break from this <laughs> this toxic relationship at the moment yeah. with me and the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm gonna take the Cardinals and the Rams. Let's think about this. NFC West is the most loaded division in all football. There's been a long, long talk about how there's a possibility all four NFC West teams could make it to the playoffs. I think that's that's very possible. It's very doable. Should everyone stay healthy? Because this year, everyone seems to be clicking. That being said, the Rams handled the Super Bowl champions with slight ease. Now, it got a little like crazy there at the end, and there was some sloppiness, but like, as I have said, that team was always just missing something. 
I don't know if it's the quarterback, but I know that having the quarterback for them right now that they have uh, is very, very helpful. And that's super important. So I'm going to say that the Rams are going to win, but it's going to be an OT. I'm, I'm calm a shot. OT. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Update on this game. Hertz just ran uh, sort of horizontally for like 20 yards and just dropped a, a perfect dime in for a touchdown. I mean, the game's still way out of hand. They're not going to win this game. But for you fantasy fellas out there, they uh, missed some points. And I got Hertz going in a game. So, woo! Uh, Boom. All right. Uh, Seattle and San Fran. So, statistically, when you look at it, Everything leans towards Seattle, but the eye test doesn't necessarily seem to want to match up quite as well. I think Seattle's probably going to win this game. They'll probably end up in a in a shootout because Wilson is due for a rebound game in which he comes out and he plays incredibly well. Uh, Stan Fran seems to be... Not, I don't want to necessarily say inconsistent. They've been playing relatively well, but Jimmy G's only got four touchdowns on the season. Russell's got seven. We all know he puts up gaudy numbers against defenses that'll allow his receivers opportunities to get open downfield. Um, both Lockett and Carson, which who both lead that team, have three touchdowns apiece. Uh, team leaders for San Fran. They have one apiece. So, like, statistically, everything wants to lean towards uh, San Fran. It's one of those where, like, do you go with your gut? Because uh, a lot of the, the team ratings for San Francisco are higher. But I do think San Fran is, I mean, uh, and it pains me because I know Sam's feeling it inside. Um, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Seattle here. Whew. What do you think? What do you service. think? Let's let's what hear you. No, I don't. No, they, this this team represents um, something I'm not used to seeing, and I've I've been watching the team for about five six years now, and I'm I'm not sure what I'm seeing trotting out there every week. And I think I believed and bought a little too much into the preseason hype, and I need I need you to show me something. Yeah, uh, Seahawks, before I decide to start, you know. Throwing my willy nilly. Oh, they, they, every team fucking blows except for the Seahawks. So, and, and, and I will say that if you stack these two teams up against each other, scoring differential average is only about three point seven points. So it's going to be close. The points allowed, Terrifying. the points allowed per game, is only about two points. Um, but in terms of passing yards per game and rushing yards per game, um, they do have a better statistical average than San Fran. So this is one that they should win. Good. I agree. Good. Theoretically. We'll we'll see. All right. Pitt. Green Bay. I'm not picking against Aaron Rodgers. Ben's going to try and keep it interesting. I'm sure if they get um, Watt back in the lineup, I think the defense will be okay. But um, I'm not picking against Green Bay until they show me that they are not capable of uh, winning close games or blowing teams out. And that's been almost never so well okay hold on it's been not happening since the last two weeks of the season i was like almost never are you are you a new time almost never except that one time it happened and they lost to the saints um baltimore denver uh denver is coming out firing 
I, I've said firing on all cylinders. I got to change up my my phrases. Uh, Baltimore, Denver has come out. Baltimore, Baltimore, Denver has come out playing incredibly well. They're off to uh, a three and zero start this season. Uh, Baltimore reeling from a lot of injuries. They did beat his team like Kansas City. However, it's they're not the only team that has beat. Kansas City. So this one, uh, this one's actually going to be, um, you know what? It's not. I don't think it's actually going to be that interesting. I'm going to give this one to Denver. I think Lamar is going to, yeah, I think Lamar is going to come out. He's going to try and do his best, but unfortunately, the defense of the Broncos, um, has been playing incredibly well. They are ranked first in the league in terms of points allowed with only eight points per game. Uh, The Ravens, on the other hand, are 26th in the league at 28 points. Um, And if your average points per game are 25, you're going to get pretty pretty close to that. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of the things that they, they have kind of match up against each other, but the points allowed per game really show some of the the defensive shortcomings uh, on the Baltimore side. I think, do I want to say they're overachieving? Maybe, just based off of the injuries that they have on their team. Not necessarily um, quality of, of Lamar. He has been playing his ass off. But between offensive injuries that are just piling up, your your quarterback can only be a running back for so long before it starts to add up. And then when you come up against a team that has really been good so far this season at stopping points, sure, is that another dynamic? But it seems like every other team has a mobile quarterback now. Uh, so you can game plan against that. Denver's figured that out, the 3-0. They've, they've played some decent games so far. So um, while I am, I, I don't have the utmost confidence in Teddy B. Uh, this I literally just learned in this moment as I'm looking at some of the numbers. He has more touchdowns Jackson does this season. He has more total yards Jackson does this season. And he has more completions uh, than Jackson does this year. So at face value, you see that and you're like, what am I looking at here? This doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. Uh... Unfortunately, on paper... Uh, it does make sense. So, this might be one of those. I'm going to throw it out there. Stats do not matter as of next week. Okay. Tim, I also gave you this. Oh, oh, threw me a bone here. Sure did. Well, pause. I didn't throw you anything. You know what I mean? I just, I just decided to let you talk about your home team and my home team. Uh, you mean you mean my home team and home team B? Because we... Oh, Jesus. Here we go. No, no. Because it's basically, you know... Patriots team B. It's what uh, so the game the game will end in a tie is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this one unless Sam. I mean, there's some extra motivation for anybody who doesn't know. It's Tampa Bay going into New England, right? It's the return of Tom Brady. It's all the hype that goes around it. As much as Bill Belichick wants to downplay it, uh, you know, there's going to be some extra motivation that goes into this game. Do I think that necessarily translates to better play by Mac Jones and some of his team? No, their secondary is banged up. There's a lot of gaps in their secondary that needs to be filled. 
and the receiving core for Tampa Bay is obviously stacked. So this is, to me, a pretty big mismatch. And I think it's going to be one where Brady's going to want to come in and put up a statement piece. They're going to game plan against a lot of the, the, the poor coverage that you find in the secondary for New England and the fact that at any given game, they can pick someone to just show out and make them look like a superstar. Very similar to what you used to see in terms of, uh, you know, the Patriots where they, you know, the joke was they'd put a ball boy out and Tom Brady would find a way to make him look good. The difference is there's about five superstars on this team that could look good at any given moment. And it's just going to be too much, in my opinion, for the Patriots to game plan against. Uh, I would like to say that this would be a, you know, a fun and relatively competitive game to watch. I don't think that's going to be what this uh, turns out to be. Like, if you could have told me who Tyler Johnson was before last week, I would have, you know, gladly given you a high five and, and, and you know, applauded you for picking him. But nobody did, and he turned him into, you know, a decent player this week. So the fact that they can literally take anybody and find a way to make it work uh, I don't care who you are, what your team is, unless everybody on your receiving core is uh, a superstar, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. So, um, Do you think that the Patriots could not score a single point in this game? No. They'll, I mean, I think they'll, they'll put up points because I don't think Mac Jones is necessarily a slouch. I think some of their red zone offense – uh obviously needs some work i think uh he needs to make sure he's managing the ball well i know tampa bay uh in terms of takeaways is you know a a very big concern in which they need to be prepared for but i don't i don't think this is a game where i i don't feel like this is going to be a blowout per se uh, I think it runs the risk of being a very, you know, high-scoring game, but I don't know if I necessarily think this is going to be... Uh, I, it would be amazing if this is what happened. The game plan, Mac figures it out, the offense comes out in stride, and they find a way to, like, stay competitive... <laughs> For me, that would be fucking incredible. For like, for like what? Like a quarter? Look, this 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 is the thing. I set the over under. Yeah. Well, how many points do you think the Patriots are going to score? They're realistic. They're first in the league, and they average thirty four points per per game. The, the Patriots. Oh, not, sorry, not the Patriots. The, they average uh, like eighteen points a game. I think are like twenty fifth, twenty sixth. So I, I'm gonna do you a favor. I have a bottle of uh, of Three Fontaine. Okay, small. 14-ounce bottle. I'm going to put it on the line, okay? If the Patriots can score more than 21 points, I'll, I will mail you the three-fontaine bottle. Straight up. Uh, okay. Deal. Um, I'll put... What do I put on the line? Do I, I, I mean, do you, do you think they're going to score more than 21 points? Because I don't. I don't think they're going to score even 16 points. Um... Trying to balance both Game plan in, in realism here. Because think about Tampa is their twenty seventh in the league in terms of points allowed. 
And they yeah, allow against other quarterbacks, not Mac Jones. They allow twenty nine point three points per game. So, ah, uh, let's see, let's 21, see. 21 points. If if they score twenty one points or more, the bottle three Fontaines coming to the Cronin household. Deal. And if not, deal. If if not, uh, I'll drizzle. Give me your address, and I'll uh, not, I'll drizzle. I need Fox Farm. If not, I need Fox Farm. Probably make it out to Fox Farm. Hundo P. I need Fox Farm. Well, I was going to say, if not Fox Farm, give me a drizzly and I'll send you a, a, a decent bottle of, of whiskey that you might uh, not have had before. Look at so it can sit on the shelf so I can have my wife drink it. Ah, we'll get you there, man. <laughs> what the we'll fuck get would I there. do with it? All right. All right. <clears throat> 21 points. That's the thing. All right. All right. But you, you think, obviously, the Tampa is going to win the game. Yeah, I think Tampa's going to win. I think it's, I, I don't know, something about me. And the motivation from Belichick is going to come out, and they're going to put on a, one of the better games they've had so far this season. Like you, you have footage now in terms of the Rams and the way their defense was able to stop them. So now you have tape that you can watch and you can study. Do they have an Aaron Darnold? No, they don't have an Aaron Darnold. So that's the difference. But um, I mean, they, I, in my opinion, I think they they have a better linebacking core. So you kind of game plan differently, and don't forget. Don't forget. Who has a better linebacking core? Tampa Bay. Yeah, Devin White. Oh, sorry. I was compare. I was talking about the Ram when I was making the comparison between the, the okay. Rams right, and right, and, right. and uh and New England. I was like, bro, are you sipping the whiskey early? <laughs> what is going on? No, here? no, 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 no. I, I was I was comparing the the linebacking core from the Rams, which has a a great defense, but I think the linebacking core, when healthy, for the Patriots. Is better, but I think the corners and the safeties are are not in realm, not in the same ballpark. So it's just a, a matter of game planning, and we cannot forget that the coach, other side of the ball, is a one Bill Belichick. Right, last year the Patriots we saw got held, especially late in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's a low scoring game, so it is possible. Now, AB wasn't firing on like I, I got to stop saying firing on all cylinders. AB wasn't at 100% yet in terms of his involvement. Gronkowski was more of a blocking tight end than he was an actual contributor, and that's not the case now. So there's still lots of question marks. Gronkowski might even, might even be out this game. Who knows? I doubt it. He's not going to want to sit this game out. But right. it's possible. Um, so there's still lots of things. Uh, 21 points I think is manageable by the Patriots, but I do think Tampa Bay is going to put up a ton of points. Right. It's gonna be so great. Do we do, we, so do we roll in? Like, what if what if there's a win? What if there's a win? What if the new? I'm sorry. What is if it, New is England a wins? Asteroid coming to the coming to the Earth um, that we didn't see is gonna take out life. I'm just I'm it? just saying. A second a second uh, you know extinction event. The Same. Patriots win just against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just saying. a guy that's got 20 years of getting told by Bill Belichick. I I get quarterback from Massapanics High that can throw that pass. That was a bad pass, Tom. No way. Tom's coming to earn some souls this weekend. That's what's that's what's gonna happen. Right. He's gonna look younger when he comes out of this game because he's going to literally have eaten the souls of a couple players. Could you imagine? Come on. Could you imagine if he oh the conversation afterwards. No. <laughs> no, I Oh my couldn't. god, <laughs> if he loses this game, right now it's all like Told you, Belichick's the goat. He never needed I mean, uh Brady's the goat, never needed Belichick. Belichick yeah. finds a way to win this game. That conversation is now a thousand percent back on, and people are going to talk about yeah. it again. So, would not be good. Would not be good. All right, that's Sunday night football. That that that's a good thing. I'll be I'll be intently watching uh, Monday night football. 
Las Vegas Raiders versus the Chargers. Look, the Chargers need to win this game because they're in the division and they want to start pulling away from the Chiefs because they already have potentially a tiebreaker over them uh, because of that, that first game. I think the Raiders are good. I think the Chargers are better. I think the Chargers are going to win, but I would not be surprised if this is not a 28-24 kind of game. So I'm going Chargers. That's how we round out week four on this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. Getting full back swing. I don't even know what I just said. Getting full back in. Nope. Getting back into the full swing of things. There we go. Third time's the charm. Football. Love it. Multiple nights a week. Damn it, Sam. Finished it off with it. Hell again. Did I? Why? Uh, what did I say? Your tongue just quits job. Out of the jokes as well. Uh, I guess it couldn't car less. <laughs> oh, my. Ah, I got to go. I got to get out of here. And with that, we will talk to you all next week. Thank you for supporting the Assassin Writer Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. I don't care what you say about me, Tim. I'm happy to be part of this, uh, this journey with you. All right. Later. <laughs>